Welcome to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, hosted by myself, Sebastian Bates, and Timothy Fair Matthews. A podcast made by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. We're launching our podcast with a series of raw but real interviews with some of the world's leading business mentors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with incredible stories. Our goal is to inspire, educate, and entertain. So if it's your first time joining us, make sure you go back to episode one and don't miss a thing as you listen to incredible insights from our speakers. This is the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Timothy Fair-Matthews, and you are listening to the Round Pegs Square Holes podcast, exclusively heard here first live in the FTNX Academy. Today, we have Samir GP joining us, and he will be giving value and insights around his topic, which is called Questions Are the Answers. So uh, Samir is a trained practitioner of NLP coaching methods, which is neuro-linguistic programming. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot about that later. Uh, Samir has extensive experience in applying his unique style of coaching with change makers and leaders who aspire to have more and be more in their lives at the same time making a significant significant impact on their work he is a founder and creator of the awesome walkers a platform created to inspire and motivate through the art of deep conversations he is also the host of turning point an online initiative where through the art of asking deep questions he allows the participants to find their own answers which i'm sure this talk is completely centered around so guys we'll be diving really deep into that today which i'm really looking forward to over the years samir has brought together people from different spheres of life to have engaging conversations as well as the exchange of knowledge and ideas samir excels in quick thinking free format conversation and inspiring talks so no doubt we'll have one of those today samir how are you it's amazing to have you with us on the on the community you, have you had a good day so far Fantastic. Actually, spectacular. Thank you so much, Tim, for having me over. Real pleasure to have, uh, to be on with you over here. Looking no worries. It's, it's amazing to have you with us. Thank you so much. So everyone, just to let you know, Samir is also a member. So anyone who has any extra questions today, um, you know, just feel free to tag in, let, tag him in later if you're watching this not live. But guys, this is live. We have Samir with us. Um, and, you know, if you've got any questions throughout the talk, please put them in the comment box because we can go to them towards the end of the chat. So Samir, uh, tell us a little, I mean, I've given you a, given you an overview anyway, an introduction to who you are, but tell us a little bit more about your journey. I'd love to know why you do what you do. So give us the holistic overview of who Samir is. Well, that's a deep question. Why I do what I do. Uh, so I've been through different career paths and I've tried and attempted so many different, uh, jobs and careers and everything, including living in, uh, China and having my own business over there for eight years. I had this epiphany moment in my life when I was doing this NLP training and I was just, it was the third day, I think, of the program. And they had just told us a modality and asked us to practice it with somebody else. So I was sitting next to the guy who was sitting and learning just like me. And I practiced the modality and he had a breakthrough in his life, you know, I mean, there was something that was stopping him all through his childhood and his adult life. He was afraid of dark spaces. He wouldn't go into theaters. He wouldn't sit in any space that was confined like this. And in that practice session, he had a breakthrough. And I realized at that moment, I didn't need a certificate. I was born to do this. This is what I have been training and living all my life. This is me. And I don't need anyone else to tell me that this is my path moving forward. And that moment was precious for me, you know? Wow. How long ago was that? That was in 2016. 2016, okay. So it's quite recent, actually. So you, you, I mean, what were you doing before 2016? Uh, Right before 2016, I was selling paratha and karakcha in Qatar for a year. Okay. Okay. I was with a company who wanted to take the brand global. And uh, that was what I was part of that company. And uh, the leadership and the company and everything, selling tea, I realized was not my cup of tea. I didn't want to be doing this for the rest of my life. 
uh, it was an experiment it was something that i enjoyed doing it for the time that i was there and before that i was in china like i said where i was into procurement before that i was into uh, project management of a real estate company and when i was being hired up for that company that was back in 2005 what happened was so my basic qualification is i'm a civil engineer uh, by degree not by intelligence all right just mm. by I, same same as me technically i'm an engineer so <laughs> i studied that i didn't study anything to do with production it's quite funny yeah so what happened was they were recruiting me for this company to head this big pro- property uh, building company and i asked them why are you hiring me for this and this is way back in 2005 hmm. normally when you get interviewed you're like wow i got a job i'm excited and i'm like no don't give me the job why are you giving me the job rationalize with me because for the last 5 6 years i have not been doing civil engineering so what they told me was very profound they said Steve, we are not hiring you for your civil engineering skills we are hiring you for your people skills ah okay and, and those small moments and small incidents actually tried everything for me and it just made me realize how much i am a people person how much i am about transformation how much i am about making people be their best portion. So even if it is a taxi driver, I'm sitting in a cab and I'm going across, I would make sure that I leave him happier than when I stepped into the taxi. That's, a good, that's an amazing way to live. I mean, you, you always use the word, awesome is in, in almost every single product you have, isn't it? Be yes, more it is. awesome, 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 which is great. So yeah, it's a, re- it's a really nice, humble way to live, I get. I, be- I bet you get a lot of satisfaction from doing what you do. Absolutely, absolutely. What's the so? How many, how many lives have you how many lives have you changed or like kind of impacted over the years? I've not counted really. I I, I wouldn't know. I really wouldn't know. How would I? I mean, people would come in and tell me, but I'm not in the business of counting how many lives have I actually changed because change means I've lived and seen those changes. So I could mm. throw a number like a hundred, a thousand, or any of those numbers. For the amount of people who have come in and attended Awesome Walkers, or who regularly attend Turning Point, all those lives are actually being impacted. Yeah. If I'm changing I've... one, even if I'm changing one life, and if that is impacting many, I'm happy. Mm. No, it's that's just... true. That's that's amazing. Well, I mean, you know, you you talked to. I mean, considering you've only been doing this in 2016, it sounds like you've achieved an awful lot. Um, I'm actually surprised you've been doing this since 2016. I thought it was a lot, uh, lot you were a lot longer doing this. Um, and I guess, I mean, one th- I mean, is there any advice you can give in terms of, because you found your calling, I guess, in, in later life. And I do meet a lot of people that kind of almost are in the, um, especially now, because people are almost like rethinking what they're doing in terms of their career. Is there any advice, can you give any advice on how people can find, you know, their calling? Because you you said this moment in 2016 was just, you knew this is what you were here to do. How do you find that? So the thing is like this. Uh, so there is this quote, and that I, this is a quote that I often repeat, and I remind myself, and which I have reminded myself for the longest period of time in my life, ever since I heard it for the first time. It was this. Find a job you love to do, and you'll never have to work one day in your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Find a job you love to do and you'll never have to work one day in your life. This is something that I heard back in college. And ever since that, I would step into a job choosing, am I feeling excited trying this out? And mm. if the answer is yes, then I go into it. If the answer is no, I walk away from it. And I'd be in that profession for as long as it gives me joy and excitement. And the moment I realize that there is nothing more for me to take from this experience, I move on to try different things. Is that where people get tripped up, do you think? Pardon? Is that where you think people get tripped up, where they like maybe don't decide to go to the next chapter? They get maybe too comfortable. They get too comfortable, number one. And a lot of times what happens is we are so comfortable with the salaries we have, the house we have, and everything around us being so settled that we forget we have to keep growing. For me, yeah. growth a very important part of my journey and i no, have so growing in some form or shape and if i'm not growing i ask myself why am i not growing why am i not excited about growth in this particular thing that i'm doing 
Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the environment. Sometimes it's the people. Sometimes it's the things around me that is stopping me. And when I, in 2016, I said, I really found this is what I am about. What I really mean is this. And I found this reinforced when I did the Gallup Strengths Test. And yeah. when you do the Gallup Strengths Test, you identify what are your top five and top 10 strengths, right? And I realized I was hitting every note on those strengths tests in my top 10. It's like for most people, you hit three or four or five and you feel good, but not completely aligned with yourself. Mm. You hit five or six, you're like amazing. You hit all 10, you're like freaking awesome. But if you hit one or two, you feel like it is a good day. It's good. It's nice. But there's so much more I could be offering. There's so much Mm. more I could be doing. And sometimes what happens is there are external forces that stops you from doing certain things. Let me give an example. My number two strength, for example, is ideation, coming up with ideas. If I was in a job and I was in this job where in the second, uh, the one before coaching, right? Initially, when I walked into the job, I was allowed a lot of creativity. But once I settled down, it was restricted. There were rules you had to follow and your creativity does not make an impact. And there are restrictions around because of things. So what happens is, Something is coming in my way of using my strength. Mm. And when something's coming in my way of strength, I feel depleted. I okay. feel I'm not able to express myself completely. So if anyone out there listening over here is thinking, why you're feeling depleted in your job, it's probably because there is some skill that is there naturally within you that you're not able to exercise. Mm because of your environment or your conditions or your relations or your people or someone out there who is stopping you from doing the things that comes naturally to you. Like for example, you love editing, you love making movies and it's not the movie, the movie is just a way of doing it, but there's something behind the creative process which you enjoy so much. The meeting of people and coming up with new ideas and putting them together, these are the elements that actually brings you joy. And if someone told you, no, you sit in the office, and we will tell you exactly what to edit and how you should bring it out, it will frustrate the hell out of you. Mm. Because you'll be just another puppet who is pushing buttons for somebody else. Yeah. So when I ticked all the boxes, and I didn't know I was ticking all the boxes, but when I Mm. discovered coaching, it was like, can somebody get paid to be doing this thing? (laughs) You know, when you find that you can live a life of joy and get make a living out of it. It is insanely amazing. Mm. Imagine you love making jokes and then you become successful as a comedian. You love running and then you become an athletic coach. Imagine you love playing the guitar. You don't become a top guitarist. Maybe you become a guitar teacher. Imagine the joy of that. The people mm. think you I can't make a profession out of this. This is something that I love on the side. I can't, I can't make a living out of this. I have to do the regular night to five job for that. And on the side, I'll do this. Just to keep me happy. Mm. What I say is this. When you can look forward to your weekends as much as you can look forward to your weekdays, it means you have touched upon something beautiful. Great. Well, I mean, I'd love to know who's listening who can confidently say that because... I mean, luckily, I, I did find my calling as well in early life. Um, so, you know, uh, that, that I mean, to be honest, a weekend, weekday, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I mean, we're always, I'm always, I'm always working, but it's not, there's no work-life balance with me anyway. <laughs> so either I'm always on. But I mean, if you love it, like you said, it doesn't matter. But I mean, yeah, I'd love to know. I mean, people, people watching, please share, please share your experiences. If you love what you do, please tell us. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really good trick. I mean, you talked about a Gallup strength test. How do we go about, you know, is is there is there something online that we can do? Or is there an exercise you recommend? Or is it just doing the Gallup strength test? How do you uncover your strengths? How do you work these out? So when you go to the Clifton's Gallup strength test and you search on it online, you will actually find uh, a test for $50 and another test for $20. The $20 will give you uh, your top five strengths, but I really recommend everyone to take the $50 test because... The Gallup's test is like identifying your DNA. It's who you are. 
Mm. Scientifically, you're getting to know who you are. And the thing is, who we are remains in our blind spot. We take things for granted of how we are naturally. We don't even realize certain things are our strengths because it comes to us so effortlessly. And the things that come to us effortlessly, we believe everyone should be doing it. Right? Yeah. So, for example, I, I love communication and I love uh, uh, ideas and positivity is one of my strengths. Being positive is who I am in my Gallup's test and in my top five. Now, that's not a natural way of being for most people. Me understanding that is giving me a whole new perspective of looking at people. So, what I would recommend is people to take the Gallup's test, but that is only the first step. The next step is to actually get coached around the report. And if you don't get coached around the report, the journey is incomplete. Yeah. Because you do not yet know how to leverage on the report. Now, I, mm. do, coaching, I do coaching for people once they do the Gallup uh, test, and it actually changes the entire perspective of their life. For me, life is before and after Gallup. In mm. so many ways, it just aligns for me on how I view life and the decisions that I've taken. I've told you about this, right? I realized there are certain things that I'm really not good at, great at. Immediately, mm. I started negating it after that. After Gallup, I realized I have to surround myself with people who are great at the remaining strengths that I don't possess. Instead of mm. me working on, so there are strengths, there are things that you're not good at. Now, the strengths, if I work on them, you can take them here. If I work on my weaknesses, things that I'm not good at, I'll keep them here. And I just become you're basically just You're basically just doubling up on what you're good at. It's just like focusing money on the product that makes more. It's just, it's the same sort of process, isn't it? Yeah, you just amplify on what you're really good at, you become great at it. We had um, we just had an interesting question popping up from Etna Trenner. Um, she said, uh, "But Samir, talk to us about how everyone wants to be multi-skilled these days. Surely the strength test says focus on what you are best at, which I guess is just what you've just mentioned. I mean, I mean, it's all, it's all about leveraging, I guess, your network, isn't it, and the skills of others. I mean, you don't have to be good at everything. You just focus. You double down on just what you're really, really strong in, and then um, I guess do you lean on others to do the rest? What would you recommend there?" I would rather become great at something rather than be average at so many things. Right. Well, this saying, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Yeah. But if you have the opportunity to become master of so many, everyone has 24 hours and you have to juggle everything within those 24 hours, right? So if you are playing a guitar and you want to become an expert at it, and if you are, let's say, a computer coder and you want to become an expert at it, you cannot spend equal amount of time. You spent X amount over here mm. on the guitar. And every minute you spend away on coding, you're taking away time from becoming better at guitar. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is just learning how to leverage time. I mean, there's an awesome um, book I can recommend. Um, it's by Rob Moore. It's called Life Leverage. And uh, um, I was talking about that. I, talk, I was talking about this today with Seb. We both read it, um, and it's amazing. It puts a lot of things in perspective. It encourages you to put a value to your yeah. your hour, your day rate. So, like, let's just say a cameraman, not myself, but let's just say a cameraman, which I know is a a going rate of like three thousand dirhams a day. I mean, that's that's a, that's got a value depending on the amount of hours he works in that day. And if you can outsource tasks for cheaper than your hourly rate, then it's something you should do because. It's the only thing that we have that we can't get back. It's the most valuable commodity. If we can afford to respect time, sure, it's done wisely. And then it's channeling, like you said, the strengths that we're good at. It's the best way to be efficient, isn't it? Absolutely. But let me add something over here. <clears throat> uh, there are certain things that you'll do for different reasons. Like, for example, solving a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. Now, it's for sure, people to get somebody to solve the puzzle for you. Yeah. If you compare your hourly rate, it's not going to have any impact on solving the jigsaw puzzle. But what mm. the jigsaw does by solving it is it exercises your mind and allows you to focus and build a different muscle over there. Yeah. So what it yeah. really means is this. 
whatever you choose for yourself in life it's not about being multi skilled it's about asking yourself what is your journey really about where is it that you're really heading and what are the skills that you're looking to build upon and that's the space that you should make your choices from mm. if you're really concerned about pleasing the outer world and not pleasing your inner self you're losing the plot this is what i feel mm. and okay. a lot of people set their goals always trying to please outside the world outside the parents your family your kids the newspapers the magazines you do everything so that you get external validation at the moment you forget that and ask yourself if i am looking to be in tune with myself and authentic and listen to my inner self in a voice then the choices that you make are completely different and from that space you start living an authentic life hmm very true great advice samir i'm going to link you back to the topic of tonight questions are the answers it's an unusual it's a usual headline explain questions are the answers what does that mean so this is something that i started recently actually so 2016 is when i got into coaching and mm. i just knew naturally instinctively that this is what i want to be doing i didn't have logic i didn't have a mentor i didn't have guidance i had nothing i had an intuition and a gut feeling this is who i am i don't need anyone else to tell me what to do so even without getting a certificate i landed in dubai and i said friends this is what i'm doing my friend who used to always connect with me said you got to come to my office and start working with my team so day 2 after landing over here i had a job i started working in his organization with his team and all that stuff and then a couple of months down the line i was actually engaging with people and i realized if someone could hear these conversations they could really take away something and that's when what i did was i bought in a, a space and filled it with bean bags and i said let's have conversations people asked what are you going to talk about i said i'm not going to talk about anything just come over and in that space i created where i started asking questions my journey started evolving over there where i became a host just like you and i was asking questions and people would share and people would share their answers and we would have an engaging conversation and people would always walk up to me and say samir your questions are amazing and i'm like how can questions be amazing i mean questions are questions i'm just having a conversation what is so amazing about asking a question anyone can ask a question right but they're like no 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 the space and the way that you ask questions are really it brings out from people great stories so when too many people started saying this i started realizing this got to be some truth in it there's got to be some value in what they're saying and then i started engaging with a lot of people i did about 160 interviews at awesome workers i used to call that and then recently i started something called turning point at turning point what i do is i tell people i'm here not to give you advices turning point is a event that i host every single day now today was the day 33 Uh, every single day where people can come in and share what they're struggling with in life they could be sharing a challenge they could be sharing a scenario they could be sharing some place that they are feeling you know like a dead end and what i tell them is i'm not going to give you advice i'm not giving going to give you any answers i'm not going to tell you what to do with your life or what you have to do because nobody should tell you what to do no one should tell anyone what to do with their lives because everyone knows what to do with their life because everyone has all the resources within them to identify what is the right thing it's a god given gift we have that orientation all i give them is questions and through those questions amazing answers come up and they leave the conversation with insights like never before and i tell them questions are really the answers because if you start answering the right questions maybe it is coming from outside maybe it is coming from inside inside within you but the questions will make us think and our thinking will give us answers and it will give insights and it will lead us to make the right choices very often what we do is we seek answers from outside and then we pin the blame 
he told me that or she told me that and that's why I did it and therefore I'm not to blame. But in that space, what happens is you lose being your authentic self. You lose being you. And what do I mean by being you is this. We all carry so much of experience in our lives, so much of incidents in our lives, so much of data points, I call it, which is residing within us called knowledge, within the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. When these get interlinked because of the questions I ask, the light bulb gets on. Mm. And in that moment, they realize the choice that they have to make and what they have to do, which is right for them. I want to know an example of one of these questions. I'm very curious. So, so today I had, so I'll give you a couple of questions. Uh, <clears throat> there are quite a few which actually stands out in this turning point where I have it. There is this one lady who asked about, she has a kid. Okay, she had two kids. This is how she introduced. She started off the conversation saying, I have two kids. One is normal and the other one is autistic. Right. Okay. And the first question to her was this. So what you're saying without saying is, your one kid is normal and the other kid is abnormal. Mm. Said, yes, that's how the world sees it. Then I asked her, how do you see it? I said, no, my son is special. He's great. He's amazing. And so why do you say that then? Why do you say one kid is normal? And then the whole conversation, then she emerged through the conversation saying that, there's nothing wrong with my kid. It's only my perception she revealed after the conversation that how I was viewing him that had to be altered. Yeah. And she left the conversation with a complete insight where she said, I'm not going to stop him from doing anything in life because I've stopped him for far too long. Today in the afternoon, there was another conversation. A lady who came up and she said, I have two, three people in my life who left my school and they're going around and complaining about our school. And I asked her how many people are speaking good about their school. And she said there are more than 200 people speaking good about the school. And how many are speaking bad about the school? There are three. I said, what is making her listen to the three versus the 200 voice? By those questions, what happens is you just start shifting and thinking at a different perspective. And you start seeing the situation from a whole new viewpoint. And it's just like the blind elephant, right? Like the blind men around the elephant. You're just seeing one side of the story. And by asking questions and by having someone who asks thoughtful questions and curious questions, not judgmental questions, not questions that actually ridicule you, but coming from a space of abundance and coming from a space of love and coming from a space of truly being inquisitive, helps you look at that scenario from different angles. And in that, you create an opportunity to see the perspective in a wholesome manner. And mm -hmm. then something lights up for you. So we always end the conversation, these ones where they eventually come up with answers and say, I know what to do next. Today, there was another gentleman who was talking about how he's been married for 40 years. He's been married for 40 years with his wife and they hardly speak and he was like how do i deal with it and ask him what is the problem he says when they go to the market to buy tomatoes for instance he says buy one kilo and she says buy two kilos okay things as simple as that but it destroys sometimes relationships it destroys how you perceive things and therefore it impacts the quality of your life. Hmm. When I say questions of the answers, I also mean not only the questions that others ask you, but also the ones that you ask yourself and how you answer them and what is the space that you come from when you answer them. Is there an exercise you can recommend people do at home with this? Or would you recommend just go to turning point? I would recommend people to join at Turning Point because it's a free session every day from, so we start off where 4.30 to 4.50, we have open networking, 4.50 to mm. 5, I play a video of the day, which is something unique I just take out from YouTube. 5 okay. to 6, we have the session itself. 
where sometimes it is one person, sometimes it is two, sometimes it is three. There's this lady who had come in who was sharing about, she I think had brain tumor, I think a couple of years back or a year back or so. Yeah. And she was saying, and she was completely in a lost space. And through the conversation she identified and she was clueless, what is her goal in life? What does she have to do next? At the end of the conversation, she decided and she, her goal is now to inspire and work with a million orphan kids. And that's the number she's put for herself. It's not something that I or anyone has told her. Yeah. Well, very inspirational. We've just had a, an interesting question pop up. I'm not sure it's the one, but Samir, how can you cure a wounded mind through the eye of your questioning? Uh, if you don't mind, can you just give a short demo? So could, how would that apply? I could give a demo, but the thing is... You have to go quite deep, I guess, don't you? It has to be a deep conversation, number one, and it has to be with the person, and it has to be with the wounded mind. It cannot be mm. hypothetical, right? It cannot mm. be... So when someone tells me, I have an uncle or an aunt, I say, you can't change anyone. Change happens within over here inside. Mm. And the change happens when those questions are asked and when someone triggers those questions where you actually access the subconscious mind of yours from where mm. the world is still persisting. A wound can be healed in the mind only if you touch upon it and you address it. Yeah, just like a real wound. Pardon? I said just like a real wound. You can't just neglect it. Yes. It's carrying attention. And and, and you can't do it from far. You can't do it without having a conversation with that particular mind. And this is my opinion, that you have to actually be engaged with that person and allow that person to access it. And when I say access, this is the thing. How do you know you're accessing the subconscious mind, for instance? Do you have an answer? I, I don't know. I mean, how do you access the subconscious mind? I have no idea. I mean, or, you, I mean there's, there's, there's things I know, like, you know, there's subliminal things like subliminal messaging, um, you know, spontaneous asking, like, you know, those, those charts that you get, that you get given and you say, say the first word that comes to mind, that sort of stuff. Is that what you mean? What would define for you a good question versus a great question? <laughs> Go on. You see exactly your response right now. If you're able to give an answer right away, it is from your yeah. conscious mind. Right. If you're not able to give and you dig deeper, right now what you did is you didn't even attempt. You said, go on, you give it. Which means you yeah. resisted going within yourself to pick an answer. Right. And that is how most people operate. Right. They resist going inside and finding their own answers. And they look for external answers. Mm. So if you really want to tap into yourself, then you dig a little deeper when you don't know the answer, when you... So the quality of a good question is this. When a person sitting in front of you has to think a little more to answer the question, which means they are accessing something from within. Yeah. Otherwise, it is already in their awareness, it is in their conscious state, and therefore, it is not really deep. The answer is not yet deep. It mm. is not touching every experience that they have or most experience that they have for them to access the information. No, see. Someone's just asked if we can question ourselves. Is that is that something we could do or is that something that only can be done by a third person? Oh, we can question ourselves, right? We can always question ourselves. The quality of a question depends on how much we meditate on that question. With this, I guess, circles back to what we were saying at the beginning. You've got to almost question what you do on a weekly basis. Like like you said, if you love what you do, then then that's a good little question saying, do you love what you do? You're asking that self every few months because it can change. I know a lot of people have changed what they do in the last few months. You know, it starts with that. It starts with that, right? So when people ask me, Samir, are you going to be a coach for the rest of your life? I say, I don't know. I love yeah, it right yeah. now. Exactly. And yeah. people people imagine that if you have picked what you love, you should stick to it. And I'm like, we evolve as human beings. We have new experiences all the time. 
and it shapes us in profound ways and it teaches us and it makes us grow so i have this request that i made a long time back when i was in toastmasters and i was supposed to give my speech and i made the speech where i created this formula called i is equal to b plus e plus p where i is every individual is equal to b is all the books they have read e is all the experiences they have had and p is all the people they have met so b could be it could be books it could be movies it could be any content that is being created by someone that you consume yeah e is every experience that you have gone through p is all the people that you have met what happens is as you go through life all these three things this is a dynamic equation you're constantly adding books experience and people into your life Mm. are we choosing the right kind of experiences the right kind of people and the right kind of content to consume because that's what shapes us mm. and if we have become mindful that everything that we consume consumes us and becomes us and makes us and evolves us into something new and beautiful later on then we'll be very mindful about what we consume mm. and as a result what happens is you will transform you will change you will do new things sometimes because you are growing the question to ask is this in the last couple of months you said a few people have changed what they have been doing have they chosen things because of opportunities or because that's what they love to do or because they tapped into something that is the core of who they are i think it's i think the quite i think the reason why and again everyone's different i think it's because the crisis and the pandemic it's made it's given people perspective it's like you said everything's perspective so if you can some people have maybe lost their jobs or the the money that maybe tied them to the job has been affected and it allows them to question if they love what they do i mean there's i mean so many members of our team have stuck through us through tough times and it's just highlighted how much they love what they do in our job and I'm you know touched by that and i guess it's it goes for everyone whether you're an entrepreneur whether you're an employee if you love what you do it doesn't matter how hard the thing how hard things get i mean this has been a really good part of my friendship but shit test for what you do like what makes you like what what do you choose to spend 9 to 5 each working day doing um and i think if you haven't if you've worked as hard or if not harder during this lockdown and that shows immense character and the fact that you've chosen well in what you do it's a huge testament to it not to mention if you enjoy it because i think i mean we had a i had a i've said mentioned this quote before but i had a quote uh, from a friend the other day called same storm different boat i mean we're all in the same storm at the minute uh and some boats are more weather than others but the storm's the same so for me i think that's yeah like i said it's a huge i mean if people 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 have adjusted because maybe that's become apparent of what they're doing isn't really important enough so let me share uh i was having this coaching conversation with a client of mine who's an entrepreneur and mm. he just uh, in the last one week he took up a new uh retail space to open up a huge space it's, he said it's is going to be his life changing moment over here right now during this lockdown that he's taken up this space and he's going to open yeah. this huge retail space and he's going to hire people and i asked him uh, what kind of people are you looking to hire so he said he's looking to hire people who are experienced in procurement for instance and asked him in your field when you're hiring what are you looking for are you looking for experience he said yes i said if that is the case then the number of people who are out there with this particular skill set is very limited he said you're right i said what should you be really looking for and in the conversation what we co-created and discovered was it's not really experience it's really skill hmm and if a person is skillful they can fit into any similar role true where it's like your commu- your communication skills you are hard because of that so no matter what the lockdown has brought upon people if you are looking to work upon your skill and improve upon the skill 
and choose whatever you're doing to enhance that skill, you will grow. You will find the place. You might not have the experience, you might have lost a job, but are you continued persisting on building on that skill is what each and every one of us should be asking ourselves. And if you're focused on growth, if you're focused on building skills, it cannot deplete our energy. What depletes your energy is lack of something. Yeah. You don't have money, you don't have something, uh, you don't have a job. Those are the things that depletes your energy. And if that is what is consuming your mind, your energy will be down. But if you're sure. focused on skill building, and if that is what is consuming you, you will be in a state of high energy. And when you're in a state of high energy, no matter what recession, people are looking for people in a state of high energy. You will attract and you will find what you are seeking because it will start seeking you. Amazing. So true. Amazing advice. Just had a nice question here from Sab. Um, what are the most common objections you hear from people who are hesitant to pursue their dream jobs and opportunities? Great question. What advice would you give them? What, what are, are the common objections? You must hear this a lot. What are the common ones? The most common one is they're too scared. They're too scared to leave what they have to pursue what they want. Mm. Okay. They hate their job. They hate it. There are a lot of people who hate their present job. They hate their boss. They hate their police. They hate their office environment. But they are scared because of the recession. It's, it's a time where nobody's hiring. And if I leave this, and if I do pursue something else, what if nobody hires me? What if I don't succeed? What if I don't make enough money? The fear consumes not the opportunity of growth, not the opportunity of living a beautiful life. But why is fear? Fear is just the uh, is the worry of something that hasn't happened yet, is it? You yeah. know, and again, it, again, it's all perception. If you, I mean. I did, I did a podcast earlier today with Seb and we, he um, was telling me about his time when the uh, when he had to close all down his uh, martial arts classes and he was worried about you know business and he did a really useful exercise of writing down his fear with everything like the worst case and, and, and each problem and then identifying how a solution could be applied to it and it was such a huge weight lifted when he did that exercise very useful tip um, I found and um yeah, I guess if you do that, it kind of it kind of puts logic to it because fear is an emotion, isn't it? And it's something that isn't really rational and shouldn't really be there. I think present, especially when it comes to business. So, yeah, it's amazing how much it affects. It also affects the mindset, doesn't it, and the decisions you make. You know. So to answer this particular question, I would give them one advice. Yep. And the advice would be this: write down if anyone of you over there have objections in your mind for anything that you want to do in life. Mm. So you want to do it, but there is an objection. Write down the objections. Not keep it in your head. Writing is a very important part of the process. Yeah. On paper, because the moment you take it out, you're able to deal with it. Once you write it down, then the next thing that I'm going to say, they can quote me and they can actually use it and remember it for the rest of their life. That is this. Convert every problem into a project. A project with a deadline. Okay. Project with a deadline. Like it. Right? So every project, every problem that you have, the moment you identify it, and then you say, how do I resolve it? What do I have to do? What is missing over here? And if you're asking those questions, you'll find the answers. Really is people don't ask those questions. What they do is they sit in the fear side of the question, fear side of the paper, and don't go to the question side of the paper and ask them the questions of what do I have to do to remove the uncertainty. Great. Mm. Project with a deadline. I'm going to try that. I'll, I'll hold you to it. I'm going to hold you to that. Every problem into a project. Not every problem into a project. Project with a yeah. makes it makes it sound easier to do as well. We all like projects. 
Yeah. Got another um, interesting question here. Um, how do we measure the gap of expectations versus reality? That's one of the biggest challenges I face when I started taking actions. So yeah, quite a tough one. I mean, I guess a lot of us have attempted to try and pivot, I guess, online. And I know that's been a big tricky one for a lot of businesses that I speak to. So how do you measure the gap? How do we measure the gap of expectations versus reality? Yeah, Samir, what do you say to this? Let me share this. And, uh, I love this question. I love this question because of this. There should always be a gap between your expectations and reality. Okay. Always be a gap between your expectations and reality. And the gap is defined by the word goal. Okay. It is aspiring towards something bigger and higher constantly. If you don't have, so there's this beautiful Oscar winning speech by Matthew McAnally, I think, and where he speaks about who his hero is. And his hero is himself 10 years from today. Okay. And his hero 10 years from today. And he's always moving towards that guy 10 years from today. And if we all are walking and moving towards ourselves, who we want to be 10 years from today, and we can visualize it and crystallize it we will never get there we will never get there but we are always walking towards that mm. yeah i guess it's like fashion it's never finished you, you don't you don't obtain a goal and then go that's it i'm done Life's nobody done <laughs> nobody it is always going isn't it there's always something the grass is always greener but i guess it's um, that's when you get caught into the uh, the problem i think a lot of people do face and realize in later life is that you know, it's it's learning to enjoy the process, isn't it? It's not about necessarily the goal or or the the thing that you're trying to achieve. It, it's enjoying every every single part of it and, and being, I guess, humble along the way. Because you know, we don't know how long all of us have got. And and like you said, if you're always aiming forward, you, how do you, how do you get time to enjoy and appreciate and absorb what you're doing now? I, I mean, I guess you know what I mean. What you're saying is very profound over here, and I'll just add one thing to it. Because I want to connect something that I said earlier over here today. Mm. In the process, if you're enjoying the process, you will do it more when you are able to articulate and tell to yourself what is the skill you're building, what is it that you're getting better at every single day. Yeah. For me, it is conversation. It's as simple as that. I just want to get better at conversation. Mm. And it was a profound realization to me that how passionate about I am about conversation. And I want to get better and better at it. Which means, for example, when I say questions are the answers, what would be my measure of being better at conversations would be if I take 30 minutes for somebody to make a realization but through my questions, I want to do it in 10 or 5. Mm. Or maybe with one question, then I'll be like Buddha, you know, one question, spot on, boom, and then they actually find their answer. I'm not there yet, but that's mm. where I get to. I want to get to a point where I can ask one question and they find their answer. I'm not there. You say earlier that writing is a very important part of the process. And I feel it's only appropriate to mention something awesome that you created, which you showed me not so long ago. It's called the Awesome Planner. Yep. Tell us a bit about this Awesome Planner, because I think it's going to be a shame if I don't bring this up today. Awesome Planner is uh, a planner that I created with, to help people set goals in their life. Uh, it is. It was a very passion project that I had where I realized how people don't put things on paper and don't actually articulate what they really want out of life. Mm. And the magic is then bringing things out and putting it on paper. You put it on digital, perhaps it might work for a lot of people. But at the same time, science has proven that writing triggers something within your brain that actually activates you to take action. The fact that right now is also triggering something within you. Mm. So Awesome Planner is a planner where it's like any other, unlike any other planner out there in the market so far. I've not seen anything like it. Uh, 
it actually takes you through the process of identifying your goals, identifying your vision, having a five-year goal, breaking it down to one year, breaking it down to 100 days, breaking it down to weekly goals, then breaking it down to daily habits and measuring that and having an accountability plan that you can give to somebody else who can actually uh, track you and help you go on this journey. One of the things that people struggle the most with in goal setting is they do not have someone holding them accountable to their goals. And the fact is, we are all easy to let down one person in our lives. And that is ourselves. Yeah. We commit I to walk, getting up in the morning and doing a job. If you have not told anyone, it's okay to sleep in. The moment you commit to the world or commit to five or ten people and say, let's go for a job together, and then they call you and you're sleeping, you feel guilty. Yeah, true. Nice, true. That's great advice. So accountability is key. How do you put accountability structure into your goals? The moment you put an accountability structure into your goals, the chances of you achieving whatever you want, no matter what it is, it just amplifies and escalates. It's like that amazing speech, you know, with from that um, I think it's Marine in the US, and he talks about if you want to change the world, it starts by making your bed. Yep. That is so true. The daily habits, you know. I think I think we all slip up. Um time to die to doing that but i mean for me i mean I, I'll, be, I'll be honest i went through those like peaks and troughs uh in covid where i was like sitting around in my pajamas all day not being productive and then some uh, as soon as i started applying these habits of getting up early exercising making my bed it just made everything made the day much more productive it was amazing how the little habits get you in that mindset for the day um so yeah no, that's very true I guess that's an amazing way to kind of like wrap up this chat. I mean, what gets measured gets done. I mean, you'll have to tell us. How, will you be able to share us a link in the comments box with the uh, awesome planner link and the uh, the turning point uh, meeting? I think everyone watching would love to attend that. So would you be kind enough to do that after the chat? Yeah, I can do that. No problem. Awesome. So, well, Samir, I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. I really, really appreciate you giving us so much value and of your time. Hope you enjoyed it. It's how else can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to keep in touch with yourself? So the best way to join is join my WhatsApp chat group where I update everything that is happening in my life, whether it is mm -hmm. turning awesome workers, whether it is the book that is going to be released, awesome cup is a book that is going to be coming out probably in a week's time. Uh, so that is so all my updates and everything, even they can connect with me on LinkedIn or the WhatsApp group. I'll put the link on the WhatsApp group over here. How to join. Amazing. Well, Samir, thank you so much once again. And uh, it's been amazing having you in the group. And uh, I look forward to uh, interview again in the near future. You have a great evening. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful Take host. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be the first to get access to our live interviews, then head over to f10x.com to apply to be a part of our online community.